This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Many know the poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas, and can even recite portions of it by heart. But what's really the story behind St. Nicholas? Stay tuned to learn more about St. Nicholas, the Gift Giver, by Ned Bustard, a book from IVP Kids. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Your word is truth, your word is life. Presented by Innervar City Press. Your word is truth, your word is life. A daily audio Bible podcast read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, Ezekiel chapter 31, beginning at verse 1, a cedar in Lebanon. In the eleventh year, in the third month, on the first day of the month, the Lord's message came to me, Son of man, say to Pharaoh, king of Egypt and his hordes, who are you like in your greatness? Consider Assyria, a cedar in Lebanon beautiful branches like a forest giving shade and extremely tall. Its top reached in the clouds. The water made it grow. Underground springs made it grow tall. Rivers flowed all around the place it was planted, while smaller channels watered all the trees of the field. Therefore, it grew taller than all the trees of the field. Its boughs grew large and its branches grew long because of the plentiful water in its shoots. All the birds of the sky nested in its boughs. Under its branches, all the beasts of the field gave birth. In its shade, all the great nations lived. It was beautiful in its loftiness, in the length of its branches, for its roots went down deep to plentiful waters. The cedars in the garden of God could not eclipse it, nor could the fir trees match its boughs. The plain trees were as nothing compared to its branches. No tree in the garden of God could rival its beauty. I made it beautiful with its many branches, all the trees of Eden, in the garden of God envied it. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, because it was tall in stature, and its top reached into the clouds, and it was proud of its height, I gave it over to the leader of the nations. He has judged it thoroughly, as its sinfulness deserves. I have thrown it out. Foreigners from the most terrifying nations have cut it down and left it to lie there on the mountains. In all the valleys, its branches have fallen, and its bows lie broken in the ravines of the land. All the peoples of the land have departed from its shade and left it. On its ruins, all the birds of the sky will live, and all the wild animals will walk on its branches. For this reason, no watered trees will grow so tall. Their tops will not reach into the clouds, nor will the well-watered ones grow that high. For all of them have been appointed to die in the lower parts of the earth. They will be among mere mortals with those who descend to the pit. 
This is what the Sovereign Lord says. On the day it went down to Sheol, I caused observers to lament. I covered it with the deep and held back its rivers. Its plentiful water was restrained. I clothed Lebanon in black for it, and all the trees of the field wilted because of it. I made the nation shake at the sound of its fall when I threw it down to Sheol, along with those who descended to the pit. Then all the trees of Eden, the choicest and the best of Lebanon, all that were well watered were comforted in the earth below. Those who lived in its shade, its allies among the nations also went down with it to Sheol. To those killed by the sword, which of the trees of Eden was like you in majesty and loftiness? You will be brought down with the trees of Eden to the lower parts of the earth. You will lie among the uncircumcised with those killed by the sword. This is what will happen to Pharaoh and all his hordes, declares the sovereign Lord. Jeremiah chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. The Lord will hand Jerusalem over to enemies. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah when King Zedekiah sent to him Peshur, son of Malkijah, and the priest Zephaniah, son of Messiah. Zedekiah sent them to Jeremiah to ask, Please ask the Lord to come and help us, because King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon is attacking us. Maybe the Lord will perform one of his miracles, as in past times, and make him stop attacking us and leave. Jeremiah answered them, Tell Zedekiah that the Lord, the God of Israel, says, The forces at your disposal are now outside the walls fighting against King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and the Babylonians who have you under siege. I will gather those forces back inside the city. In anger, in fury, and in wrath, I myself will fight against you with my mighty power and great strength. I will kill everything living in Jerusalem, people and animals alike. They will die from terrible diseases. Then I, the Lord, promise that I will hand over King Zedekiah of Judah, his officials, and any of the people who survived the war, starvation, and disease. I will hand them over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and to their enemies who want to kill them. He will slaughter them with the sword. He will not show them any mercy, compassion, or pity. But tell the people of Jerusalem, that the Lord says, I will give you a choice between two courses of action. One will result in life, the other will result in death. Those who stay in the city will die in battle or of starvation or disease. Those who leave the city and surrender to the Babylonians who are besieging it will live. They will escape with their lives. For I, the Lord, say that I am determined not to deliver this city, but to bring disaster on it. It will be handed over to the king of Babylon and he will destroy it with fire. Warnings to the royal court. The Lord told me to say to the royal court of Judah, Listen to the Lord's message, O royal family descended from David. The Lord says, See to it that people each day are judged fairly. Deliver those who have been robbed from those who oppressed them. Otherwise, my wrath will blaze out against you. It will burn like a fire that cannot be put out because of the evil that you have done. Listen, you who sit enthroned above the valley on a rocky plateau, I am opposed to you, says the Lord. You boast. No one can swoop down on us. No one can penetrate into our places of refuge, but I will punish you as your deeds deserve, says the Lord. I will set fire to your palace. It will burn up everything around it. Jeremiah chapter 32 verses 1 through 15. Jeremiah buys a field. In the tenth year that Zedekiah was ruling over Judah, the Lord spoke to Jeremiah. That was the same as the eighteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar. Now at that time, the armies of the king of Babylon were besieging Jerusalem. The prophet Jeremiah was confined in the courtyard of the guardhouse attached to the royal palace of Judah. For King Zedekiah had confined Jeremiah there after he had reproved him for prophesying as he did. He had asked Jeremiah, Why do you keep prophesying these things? Why do you keep saying that the Lord says, I will hand this city over to the king of Babylon? I will let him capture it. King Zedekiah of Judah will not escape from the Babylonians. He will certainly be handed over to the king of Babylon. He must answer personally to the king of Babylon and confront him face to face. 
Zedekiah will be carried off to Babylon and will remain there until I have fully dealt with him. I, the Lord, affirm it. Even if you continue to fight against the Babylonians, you cannot win. So now, Jeremiah said, the Lord's message came to me. Hanamel, the son of your uncle Shalom, will come to you soon. He will say to you, buy my field at Anothoth, because you are entitled as my closest relative to buy it. And then my cousin, Hanamel, did come to me in the courtyard of the guardhouse in keeping with the Lord's message. He said to me, buy my field that is at Anathoth, in the territory of the tribe of Benjamin. Buy it for yourself since you are entitled as my closest relative to take possession of it for yourself. When this happened, I recognized that the Lord had indeed spoken to me. So I bought the field at Anathoth for my cousin Hanamel. I weighed out seven ounces of silver and gave it to him to pay for it. I signed the deed of purchase, sealed it, and had some men serve as witnesses to the purchase. I weighed out the silver for him on a scale. There were two copies of the deed of purchase. One was sealed and contained the order of transfer and the conditions of purchase. The other was left unsealed. I took both copies of the deed of purchase and gave them to Baruch, son of Neriah, the son of Machsiah. I gave them to him in the presence of my cousin, Hanamel, the witnesses who had signed the deed of purchase and all the Judeans who were housed in the courtyard of the guardhouse. In the presence of all these people, I instructed Baruch, the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, Take these documents, both the sealed copy of the deed of purchase and the unsealed copy, put them in a clay jar, so that they may be preserved for a long time to come. For the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, Houses, fields, and vineyards will again be bought in this land. Jeremiah chapter 34, beginning at verse 1. The Lord makes an ominous promise to Zedekiah. The Lord's message came to Jeremiah while King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon was attacking Jerusalem and the towns around it with a large army. This army consisted of troops from his own army and from the kingdoms and peoples of the lands under his dominion. This is what the Lord God of Israel told Jeremiah. Go, speak to King Zedekiah of Judah. Tell him, this is what the Lord has said. Take note, I am going to hand the city over to the king of Babylon and he will burn it down. You yourselves will not escape his clutches, but will certainly be captured and hand it over to him. You must confront the king of Babylon face to face and answer to him personally. Then you must go to Babylon. However, listen to the Lord's message, King Zedekiah of Judah. This is what the Lord has said. You will not die in battle or be executed. You will die a peaceful death. They will burn incense at your burial, just as they did at the burial of your ancestors, the former kings who preceded you. They will mourn for you, saying, Alas, master, indeed, you have my word on this. I, the Lord, affirm it. The prophet Jeremiah told all these things to Zedekiah of Judah in Jerusalem. He did this while the army of the king of Babylon was attacking Jerusalem in the cities of Lachish and Ezekah. He was attacking these cities because they were the only fortified cities of Judah that were still holding out. The Lord threatens to destroy those who wrong their slaves. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah after King Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people in Jerusalem to grant their slaves freedom. Everyone was supposed to free their male and female Hebrew slaves. No one was supposed to keep a fellow Judean enslaved. All the people and their leaders had agreed to this. They had agreed to free their male and female slaves and not keep them enslaved any longer. They originally complied with the covenant and freed them, but later they changed their minds. They took back their male and female slaves that they had freed and forced them to be slaves again. The Lord's message came to Jeremiah. 
The Lord God of Israel has a message for you. I made a covenant with your ancestors when I brought them out of Egypt, where they had been slaves. It stipulated, every seven years, each of you must free any fellow Hebrews who have sold themselves to you. After they have served you for six years, you shall set them free. But your ancestors did not obey me or pay any attention to me. Recently, however, you yourselves showed a change of heart and did what is pleasing to me. You granted your fellow countrymen their freedom, and you made a covenant to that effect in my presence in the house that I have claimed for my own. But then you turned right around and showed that you did not honor me. Each of you took back your male and female slaves, whom you had freed as they desired, and you forced them to be your slaves again. So I, the Lord, say, you have not really obeyed me and granted freedom to your neighbor and fellow countrymen. Therefore, I will grant you freedom, the freedom to die in war or by starvation or disease. I, the Lord, affirm it. I will make all the kingdoms of the earth horrified at what happens to you. I will punish those people who have violated their covenant with me. I will make them like the calf they cut in two and pass between its pieces. I will do so because they did not keep the terms of the covenant they made in my presence. I will punish the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the court officials, the priests, and all the other people of the land who pass between the pieces of the calf. I will hand them over to their enemies who want to kill them. Their dead bodies will become food for the birds and the animals. I will also hand King Zedekiah of Judah and his officials over to their enemies who want to kill them. I will hand them over to the army of the king of Babylon, even though they have temporarily withdrawn from attacking you. For I, the Lord, affirm that I will soon give the order and bring them back to this city. They will fight against it and capture it and burn it down. I will also make the towns of Judah desolate so that there will be no one living in them. Testament reading. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 12. The church at Antioch commissions Barnabas and Saul. Now there were these prophets and teachers in the church at Antioch, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius, the Cyrenian, Manian, a close friend of Herod, the Tetrarch from childhood, and Saul. While they were serving the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after they had fasted and prayed and placed their hands on them, they sent them off. Paul and Barnabas preached in Cyprus. So Barnabas and Saul, sent out by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived in Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. Now they also had John as their assistant. When they had crossed over the whole island as far as Paphos, they found a magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul. Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. The proconsul summoned Barnabas and Saul and wanted to hear the word of God. But the magician, Elimas, for that is the way his name is translated, opposed them, trying to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stared straight at him and said, You who are full of all deceit and all wrongdoing, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, Will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? Now look, the hand of the Lord is against you, and you will be blind, unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately, mistiness and darkness came over him, and he went around seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then when the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, because he was greatly astounded at the teaching about the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. God of the oppressed, 
I thank you for your word. Thank you, oh God, that you indeed do protect, guide, look out for, have your eye on the oppressed, oh God, the marginalized, and that you indeed do exact vengeance on behalf of the oppressed, the marginalized, the minoritized, those who are dismissed and looked down upon in society, and that you exact that vengeance against the oppressors, those who are actually oppressing these people, oh God, whom you love dearly. Would you help us, oh God, not to be found, to be oppressing those who are marginalized, those who are minoritized, those who are discounted by culture, oh God, and society, but that we will be found supporting, uplifting, helping, centering the marginalized. Lord, we don't want to fall into your judgment. God, we don't want your vengeance to fall upon us and your judgment to fall upon us because of the way that we treat or mistreat the oppressed, oh God. You don't play about the oppressed, oh Lord. And would you help us to continually, those of us who are within, oh God, the oppressed class, would you help us, oh God, to continually look to you, to continually fix our eyes on you, to look to you, oh God, as our source of recompense and vengeance, oh God, and as our redeemer, which is what you are, and restorer. Would you help us not to seek our own vengeance, but to entrust ourselves to you, oh God, because you are the judge of the, all the earth and we know that you shall do right. And thank you for the calling and the separation here, the ways that Paul and Barnabas were set apart for your work, oh God, and for your ministry. And I thank you, oh God, for this bold, bold example of them calling out this false prophet, Bar-Jesus, thank you, O oh God, for that very powerful and unequivocal condemnation of the false prophet, Bar-Jesus, and what he was teaching and the ways he was leading and misleading people. I thank you, O oh Lord God, that we have this example here, not for us to go around calling people false prophets and teachers if they are not actually that. But God, I pray that you would give us wisdom, that you would give us discernment in these days, oh God, not to enable, not to platform, not to extend any credibility to those who are preaching a gospel that is counter to and false and counterfeit to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are so many people proclaiming many different gospels, oh God, many different Jesuses. Would you help us, oh God, to be bold? that we would have the wisdom granted to us by the Spirit, the discernment granted to us by the Spirit, and the knowledge given to us also by the Spirit to know true teachers from false teachers and to warn people away from following the false teachers and rebuking false teachers when we, oh God, are given the opportunity prayerfully to do that and extend to them an invitation to proclaim the truth of the gospel from the inside out. Would you help us, O oh God, to be bold? Would you help us, O oh God, not to play around with this? This is serious. There are eternal consequences for belief in a false gospel, for following a false prophet. God, and I thank you that you are in the saving business. And I thank you, O oh God, that you haven't called us to be Holy Ghost Junior. That's not what, what I'm praying for. But I do pray that those who have strayed, on another path, who have been misled, misguided, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, that you would draw, draw, draw them back to the narrow path that leads to life, to complete and total devotion and faith 
in Jesus Christ and in God the Father who sent Jesus to die for our sins so that we would have eternal life. I pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Around Christmas, we spend a lot of time thinking about presents, but have you ever wondered why we give gifts? Learn about the life of St. Nicholas and discover why he became known as one of the greatest gift givers of all time. In Ned Bustard's book, St. Nicholas, the Gift Giver, told as a delightful poem, this colorfully illustrated book will be enjoyed by children and the adults who read with them. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivypress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Let's go, so take